Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. I was thinking if I cut a Christmas song of my own right now, it would probably be called It Feels Like Christmas is Tomorrow and I've Done Absolutely Nothing. <laughs> I would absolutely buy that single, Jay. I'm totally with you. <laughs> I just can't believe Christmas is already here. It's such a weird season. I guess Halloween was too. It just feels like these things are flying by us. I guess what they say is true. It just... Time just moves quick when you get old. Maybe it's just that 2019 was just kind of a weird, wacky year, and we're almost out of it, and everybody keeps talking about the decade coming to an end and all this other stuff, and they say, hey, what have you accomplished? And I could say what you and I have accomplished, and that is a bunch of Christmas song episodes here on the Purple Stuff podcast. Yeah, I would say that my my decade's top achievement is five <laughs> episodes detailing a few christmas songs from the 1980s <laughs> oh boy volume five of the purple stuff podcasts christmas songs shows yeah the first one was back in 2015 oh my god 2015 sounds like fucking 50 years ago <laughs> it really does so yes our fifth podcast episode where we feature christmas songs i mean not necessarily our favorite christmas songs but ones that we feel favorite please we're five volumes deep these aren't our favorite tracks anymore <laughs> these are the ones we find at the bottom of like playlist number 86 oh god look there's a song we haven't talked about that i can kind of stomach this is one i found on rapid share on someone's blog spot <laughs> five minutes ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> for my next pick let me just check google oh. <laughs> all right so we have quite a list tonight for you and we're very excited yeah no we're, we're kidding we do yeah. have a good i think between us both there honestly are still like christmas is the gift that keeps on giving musically because even in volume five there are still songs that everyone needs to put on their playlists agreed and before we get into things i don't even have any decorations up this year but the Christmas songs and my playlist and my car and everything, that's what keeps me halfway into the spirit. Or otherwise, I would have nothing. I do have decorations up, but they are the ones that I never took down from last year. Other than that, <laughs> it's true. It's The music is pretty much it. Music and a couple of like hostess cupcakes with red sprinkles. So who's going to be kicking things off tonight, Matt? Um, I'm feeling a little shy, so why don't you start? Okay, here we go with our first Christmas song. Number one. Crushing as we go, and the person knows the way to hell's painful and slow. 
That was Sir Christopher Lee with Jingle Hell. Ah, thank you for including this. I love Christopher Lee. I bet you never thought, after all these years of doing the podcast, that one of my entries would be by none other than Count Dooku himself. (laughs) I'll never join you, Dooku. (laughs) You know, before you even get into this, I was watching Attack of the Clones the other night, and I know people are hard in that movie, but he is so cool in Attack of the Clones that you almost want to give it a pass. Yeah, yeah, he's the best. He's awesome. I mean, you might have expected me to bring up a Sith Lord on one of our spooky song shows, but nope, it's Dracula himself, Christopher Lee. He got into performing metal music later on in his life. Later on, he was in his 90s. I mean, that's an understatement. (laughs) I mean, literally, I think he was in his 90s when this came out. No, he was very passionate about the metal genre. And in 2012, he released A Heavy Metal Christmas, and that had Little Drummer Boy and Silent Night. And then later on, he released an album called The Heavy Metal Christmas 2, which had Jingle Hell, which is the song in question here. Mm-hmm. And then it also had My Way, which, you know, it's not a Christmas song. I was going to ask you, <laughs> I saw that on the uh, on the list there. I'm like, is that like Sinatra, My Way? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> For my two-song Christmas album, I have Frank Sinatra's My Way. I did it. I mean, and he said uh, in an interview that I read, he likes to surprise people by doing metal, which was definitely surprising. So well, that's I mean, what I had to ask you before you get any deeper. Like, did he genuinely have a passion for this or was it a case where somebody just paid him five grand to sit in a chair and like sing for a minute? Was this really no, his like deal? Yeah, he loves it. He really loves it. And I actually I read a lot about how. He loved like Black Sabbath and bands like that. So he took it a step further to do his own music. I mean, half those bands referenced him. So why not? You know? Yeah, exactly. And his voice fits it because it's that almost like operatic type thing. And he does do a pretty good job with it. I mean, he is singing. It's not like spoken word. He is singing. This song starts out pretty comically because it has a woman singing Jingle Bells. who's actually like, I think she's like an opera singer. And then... We hear Christopher Lee kick in, but then you realize the lyrics are different. An example, trashing as we go, and the horse knows the way to hell is painful and slow crying all day. Like, the lyrics are all changed, and you're wondering, like, what is he singing? And then you have to look up the lyrics. I I, I did notice that the lyrics had been a little altered. I didn't realize they had gone that much darker. Yeah, it's pretty, it's dark, and uh, it's painful. So is he. Yeah, it fits his uh, gimmick. So uh, the album cover to uh, Heavy Metal Christmas 2, can we yes. agree that it is the greatest cover art of all time? Absolutely. It's it's just him wearing like black denim, sitting in a chair over a green background, holding a guitar, and it's like got the worst font ever. I'm like, this couldn't be more perfect. It's just the absolute best thing you could ever see. <laughs> Yeah, it was done on, like, Windows 3.0. You got Christopher Lee doing a heavy metal Christmas album, and you spend 25 seconds on the cover art. I mean, it's just beautiful. It could only have been better if they got one of Dooku's, like, toy lightsabers. And in his other hand, he had the lightsaber. Yeah, Yeah, this was a post-Dooku era, so I can't pronounce Dooku. Is it Dooku, Doku, Daku? Sudoku. Sudoku. That's really Sudoku, <laughs> yeah. yes. 
I love it. I love how the female vocalist sounds like Mrs. White from Clue, and I love that he's doing this like weird duet with this uppity vocalist. Yeah, I don't think he's paying any attention to her. He's just doing his own thing. Oh yeah, I don't, he probably didn't know that she was going to be added in. His producer's like, "Look, I think we need to add it a little something." He's like, "What? What do you mean? <laughs> I thought it was my song." That's good. That's a good Christopher Lee. I've been practicing, actually. Where have you been hiding that impression? <laughs> yeah, I know you haven't heard much from me this week. Now you know why. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Something about Christmas time. Something about Christmas time. Makes you wish it was Christmas every day. See the joy in the children's eyes. The way that the old smile says that Christmas will never go away. Something about That was Christmas Time, performed by Canadian rocker Brian Adams back in 1985. Your favorite song, Jay? Favorite of all time. Yeah, I don't know how it's taken me five of these episodes to include it. It really is one of my favorite songs. You, on the other hand, yeah, got kind of a lukewarm response when I brought this one up to you. I, I never realized how much you loved it. I don't just love it. I love him. Brian Adams is the man. Oh, I love Brian Adams. He's amazing. This is the kind of song that you'd hear over the speakers at Kmart when you're buying your sad uncle an electric coin bank for Christmas. <laughs> or the Santa Claus uh, that shakes his hips to like yes. some. Yes, when you, when you play music. So actually, Christmas it's Christmas. dancing along to Brian Adams in the Kmart. It's perfect. <laughs> Um, I don't know what it is about him. I just feel like you think about Brian Adams. Don't you just picture him being such a nice guy? He is nice because he's Canadian and they're all nice. It's true. Canada. They're very polite. Like if I told you that Brian Adams flew to New York every November to rake my grandmother's leaves, you might believe it. Yes. And then he would hug her and he would also buy her a coffee. Definitely. Yes. It would be like almost like a, he would he would let her think it's a date. <laughs> 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 and then he would do a little uh, Robin Hood song, you know, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever Thieves really, <laughs> really, really, really loved my grandma? That's not the song from Robin Hood. Oh, what's that the song from? Three Musketeers? <laughs> God, he does. The, I'm sorry. He does songs for every fucking movie. Every movie where people are in period costumes. Ah. <laughs> uh. So this song, as the title suggests, it's just this sappy tribute to the vibe of the season. But because I'm such a sap for that vibe, this is like my December anthem. And I think my favorite thing about this song, as much as his vocal performance is just stellar, it's those fucking chimes. Something about Christmas time. The chimes, that's, that's what gets you. Yes, I'm a chime guy, you know that. And there are some serious <laughs> chimes going on. 
It's chime time. It's chime time, baby. I don't know. I've had multiple daydreams where, like, Brian Adams picks me out of the crowd at Madison Square Garden to just stand on the stage clanging a dinner bell to this song. I could be the chime guy. (laughs) See, oh, you're good. You are good. Yeah. One thing I noticed is that this song, it's definitely more of, like, the ballady type. I was a fan more of his like his rockin' music. He had a lot of songs that were harder edged. And well, I like that. Was, like you mean like harder edged like Summer of Sixty Nine or something harder than that? Always run to you, one night love affair. Not like hard rock, but like not as sappy. That's probably where his passion lied, but this is where he made his money. <laughs> so I could picture you this holiday season listening to this song. Maybe sipping a hot cocoa, gazing at your Christmas tree. Yeah, my non-existent. Of... My not, I'll be thinking of a Christmas tree because I don't have one up, of course. But maybe I'll be paging through the Harry and David catalog, and you know, sipping my cocoa, listening to Brian Adams, and just marveling at the cheese trays. Wasn't Brian Adams Crush's real name from WWE? I believe it was. <laughs> Calling a crush, baby. Yes, you're right. He was Brian Adams, wasn't he? They probably spelled their names differently, but I would have loved to have seen kind of like a team up between yeah. both Brian Adamses. Well, I actually read Brian Adams, the wrestler, his real name wasn't that, but he just loved Brian Adams so much that <laughs> it's like, I, I got to pay tribute to the man. <laughs> He's the biggest fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas witch. We just did Christopher Lee. No, Count D. Count Doku. No, not. (laughs) Get with the program. (laughs) All right, Count D with the Christmas witch. So who is Count D? I couldn't figure this one out. I, I, I did put in the work, I researched, but the most I can come up with is that he's somehow connected to Rob Zombie. Yes, so he's the new persona of Piggy D. A.K.A. Matt Montgomery, who is part of Rob Zombie's band. He used to be in a band called Wednesday 13, worked with Alice Cooper. So this guy's in all the horror rock and stuff like that. He loves Halloween. 
So he's kind of like us, except we're not musically talented, except for your chimes. You're great at the chimes, which we've proven tonight. <laughs> Maybe we can get you in the Count D band. Who knows? So You know, I feel like if I met Count D, we would definitely hit it off. Like if we compare tattoos, he showed me his like skull and crossbones and I'd show him Bulbasaur. We would do our secret handshake and be forever friends. <laughs> I could definitely see that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a big fan of this guy because he does cool little things like this where he just randomly puts out a track that combines Halloween and Christmas about a witch that terrorizes people on Christmas. Certainly a unique concept for a Christmas song. Yeah, and it's like a twisted Johnny Cash type of sound. Yes, uh, thank I, I you. Kinda... I was trying to figure out what it's very Johnny Cashy. I feel like I'm like a cowpoke riding a horse when I listen to this. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, it actually, you know, when I was listening to him, like, this sounds like if The Dead Don't Die got a sequel set during December, this would be the closing credits song. Oh, my God. Yes, yeah. it totally was. <laughs> so Count D talks about the Christmas witch. She unwraps your presents while everyone's sleeping. Uh, she licks your cookies. She sets your tree on fire. She tries to bite you. Oh, wow. She, she, yeah, she hisses. Well, I mean, at first, uh, like, she, you're making it sound like she's basically just, like, you know, the Grinch. But then she, you know, the Grinch is not setting fires in anyone's houses. So, this step further. She steals the kids' letters to Santa. She kicks Grandma down the stairs at a church. Oh, man. Thank God for Brian Adams. <laughs> yeah, this is the antithesis of something about Christmas time. <laughs> When you think about it, now we have Krampus, uh, and now we have the Christmas Witch. So I think the Christmas Witch deserves to be way bigger than she is right now, because to me, she's already a permanent fixture on my holiday. I could see like some, not big studio, but little guy with a $10,000 budget saying, you know what, I'm going to make a movie out of this song by Count D. And it'd probably be pretty good. Yeah, we could have the Christmas Witch go on a blind date with Krampus. I would pay to see that, sure. Or we could have the Christmas witch go out on a date with Santa, but she actually tries to dress herself up and disguise herself as if she's not a witch. And it becomes a very comical hijinks type of uh, Three's Company moment. <laughs> <laughs> so how many more uh, movie ideas for the song do you have on that pad? <laughs> I'm just coming up with them off the top of my head because yeah. these are the things that I would watch. I hear know? that paper, like number three. No, I wish. I wish I had that many ideas in my head. <laughs> Good song and a really unusual pick that, you know, this is the, the, the nice thing about being so deep into the series is that we're past Burl Ives and all that shit. Now we're on Count D. Yes, Count D with the Christmas Witch. She kicked your granite down the stairs at church. She slashes all your tires and leaves you in a lurch. Digs through your trash at night She stole your brother's bike She killed a reindeer I just don't know which Oh, ring that goddamn bell It's a Christmas witch Number four Don't be shy now, you know the word Throw up the red nose reindeer Had a very shiny if you ever saw it, you would even say no. All 
performance by the California Raisins in 1988. This is actually not from their old TV special. This is from the Christmas with the California Raisins album. And I think this is the best performance of the Rudolph song by any musician ever. I, I had a hard time picturing the Raisins actually rapping this song. It didn't even really sound like the Raisins. That was kind of what I was thinking. Uh, what? So you, the Raisins have a signature sound? Yeah, they totally do. I don't know about that. And, you know, I will say this, though. I looked up their version of Rudolph from the TV special, which is obviously more famous. I yeah. think this is way better. I think some people forget, though, the fucking raisins were huge back then. They were everywhere. T-shirts, toys, TV. Weren't they in concepted just basically to sell raisins for real? Yes. Yeah, like yes. they were part of like basically here, go buy some raisins. Here's the PSA about them. And then they became rock stars. Like they had their own ice capade show. Yeah, and the irony about all this is the fact that raisins were always notoriously something that kids cringed at. They're like, oh, there's raisins in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then they're these cool cats singing and rapping. <laughs> it's funny because like you wonder, did the raisins really help raisins? Or did you, you know, when you like when I was a child, I'd watch the commercials and be like, oh, the California raisins are on volume up. But I would never be like, Ma, can I have some raisins? Because <laughs> you wouldn't want to eat them and kill the raisins. That, I mean, yeah, it's, it's almost like they worked contrary to the point of their existence. Yeah, like all the way down into your stomach, you hear them singing <laughs> that they heard through the grapevine. <laughs> <laughs> totally totally and as for this song and like the million of other kind of like christmas novelty songs like it these songs are so good but they're totally forgotten now it's not like you're going to hear delilah dedicate the rudolph rap to somebody on 106.7 <laughs> a lot of people listening have no idea when we mentioned delilah what that's about yeah but everyone who requests songs on delilah they'll, they'll make it out as though they don't know the name of the song so they'll be like um, yeah, that song, Christmas, oh, uh, all I want for Christmas. A, it's such a scam. Like, it's such a scam. About? Basically, yeah. the, you have the, the producers, like, basically, like, look, Delilah's going to play whatever Delilah wants to play. So don't be too specific. Just tell her who died. I think you need to call Delilah and request the California Raisins Rudolph Rat. <laughs> I'm going to be straightforward with her. Delilah, look, here's the situation. Everyone I know is dead. <laughs> I need to hear the Rudolph Rap. <laughs> Right there, it goes out in you. Don't be 
number five. That was the future heads with Christmas was better in the eighties from 2010. Had you heard this before, Matt? Haven't heard this, nor had I ever heard of the future heads. I have to tell you before 2010, I had no idea who they were. And basically what I do pretty much like on a weekly basis, I'm always just scouring for new music. I had come across this band from England and they whipped up a really fun Christmas tune Uh, It starts out mellow, kicks into high gear, but it's really simple. It's just Christmas was better in the 80s, and they don't really get into any specifics or anything like that. (laughs) There are no specifics. Like, uh, they're saying Christmas is better in the 80s, but they're not really telling you why. To some people, it might think it's like false advertising. Oh, I like this, but they don't start rattling off all the specific things. Give me some proof that you know Christmas was better in the 80s. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Although I will tell you that if you watch the video, Dead. there is that game, The Green Ghost, is in a frame. That game came out in the 60s. So I don't know if it was made all the way up in the 30s. <laughs> it totally 80s, wasn't. But... <laughs> now, hold on a second. Give me a second here. Green Ghost board game. We have to get in touch with the future heads. We do. <laughs> but no, I love this song. It's such a good song. It's very vintage, old, like, Brit punk pop sound, which, you know, I guess was the point. When you think about it, having a song that is claiming that Christmas was better in the 80s, to me, that really cements that fact. Because there's no song that says Christmas was better in the 70s or the 90s or the 2000s. So, I mean, it must be true, right? (laughs) (laughs) This is uh, stone cold evidence right here. Yeah, exactly. It was totally better. So with all that said, I wanted to start thinking, maybe just brainstorming with you real quick, what was better in the 80s? So I thought better toys, better Um, candy, better breakfast cereal, better carpeting, Mm, better drapes. Oh, yes. Better wood paneling, better couches, better percentage of still living cast members from Night Court, (laughs) better spatulas. Better wallpaper. Number six.
Okay, so this will be my weirdest pick of the night. That was one of the themes from the old Diddy Kong Racing game, which came out on, I believe, the Nintendo 64 back in 1997. Mm. I had no idea who Diddy Kong was. Can you I, say that again? Can you just say, mm? Yeah, mm. Yeah, I think that sums up your uh, reaction to the Diddy Kong Racing song inclusion tonight on the Purple Stuff Podcast. I had no idea who he was. I had to. I actually, you. <laughs> you know, I did know, but I forgot that he was supposed to be Donkey Kong's son. I think it's his nephew, actually. I know he wears a hat. He does wear a hat. He's a cool kid. I like him. So uh, this song, most YouTubers have identified it as the Snowflake Mountain theme. I think it's more accurate to say that it's the Snowflake Mountain lobby theme. I don't know, Jay. I've never played it. I just really like it. I don't even know how I found it, but when I heard it, I just couldn't <laughs> stop listening to it. It's relentlessly cheerful, and it actually reminds me of the Brady Bunch theme song in certain sections. Um, if you listen to it again, you'll you'll hear what I'm saying. Dun 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 dun. dun. I'm not getting any kind of Brady influence there. <laughs> listen to it again. I'm telling you because right, uh, hold on a second. Now you got me fucking Diddy Kong Racing Snowflake Mountain. Oh, wait. You're right. It does sort of have that vibe. You can, like, almost see little windows popping up. I thought you pulled that one right out of your ass, but nope. Diddy Kong Racing Snowflake Mountain theme was clearly inspired by the Brady Bunch theme song. How about that? Flows perfectly into an annual viewing of a very Brady Christmas special. Oh boy, it's been a while since I've seen that treasure. Mike, oh, Mike so trapped good. in a cave, right? And Carol has to sing him out. <laughs> All I know is I'd love to hop on the couch and watch that with uh, Chunky, Critter, Claptrap. They're all the, the Kongs. So oh, there, there, there are more them. Kongs. You see, I, I really didn't put enough into the research tonight. I'm glad one of us did. Yeah, Clump Kong. Thanks for doing some research, because I had nothing else to say about this theme. All Alone on Christmas by Darlene Love. And this was one that you graciously handed over to me, Matt, and I do appreciate it. And 
how did you feel about me um, strong arming you into giving this back to me? <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't have been such a pisser if you took it the first time I told you I was going to bring it up. I'm like, here's my list. You're like, okay, great. I'm like, okay, now here's my final list. You're like, you know what? I'm going to take that Darlene Love song from you. <laughs> I'm like, we're recording tonight. <laughs> That's how Diddy Kong got on my list. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know, no, literally I, though i've known I, you for what six seven years and all of that time i don't think i've ever seen you as passionate for anything as you were about making sure darlene loves all alone on christmas was one of your picks year after year you always bring up this old article i wrote about a hundred of my favorite christmas songs and i had that as number one and i really wanted to bring this up because it is my favorite christmas song of all time i could so say wait, that this like, this, without... this one you're you're ready to go on the record right now Right now, tonight on the Purple Stuff Podcast, you're ready to name Darlene Loves All Alone on Christmas as your number one Christmas song? Since it came out, it's, it was easily my favorite Christmas song ever. Okay. Home Alone 2 soundtrack, 1992. Now, the video uh, has Darlene Love. She's playing in the song with the E Street Band. And you got Clarence Clemens. And then Macaulay Culkin is in there, too. And they're cutting between shots from Home Alone 2. It is incredible. Uh, this song was actually written by Little Steven, who you know as Silvio. Silvio Dante from The Sopranos wrote this song from Home Alone 2. I mean, come on. That is just insane. Yeah. <laughs> so he wrote the song with it in mind that he's going to reference things from the Phil Spector Christmas album. And specifically, Darlene Love's track, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. And then there's reference to Sleigh Ride and a few other things here and there. So it's like a love letter to that album, which is the greatest Christmas album of all time. Yeah, yeah. If there were ever a song to get added to that album, this is the only one that would be worthy of going on there. Right. And of all the places so for it to find root, Home Alone 2 soundtrack. I mean, this is just berserk. This song is perfect for listening on your Tiger Talk Boy Every time I listen to her, she gets me all emotional. <laughs> yeah, you are a not-so-secret admirer of Mrs. Love. This is at least the second time you've brought her up on the show, which says nothing of the additional 200 times he's brought her up to me in person. <laughs> And that was a cover of Christmas Rapping performed by the Spice Girls back in 1998. The Spice Girls, Jay, I'm sure you were a big Spice Girls fan. I liked 
them when they first came out and I and I saw the movie when it came out, but they weren't really something that I was that into. No, you, um, know, you know, just I, saw the movie. You know, nobody saw the movie, Jay. I worked at the movie theater. I watched every movie that came out. <laughs> That's your cover story to everything. Oh, I worked at the movie theater. That's why I saw the Spice Girls movie ten times. I never saw it ten times. Yeah. <laughs> So the original version performed by the waitresses, that's easily in my top five Christmas songs, maybe even like the top three. So this would have been an easy sell for me, even if it wasn't good, but it really is. It's a good cover. Uh... Yeah, that's sort of what they sound like. <laughs> no, I, wait, before we debate this, uh -huh. we need to institute a rule here. Can we just keep picking covers of our favorite Christmas songs? Well, all right. I <laughs> have know, a, like... I have a look. I agree that you get into shaky ground when you start doing that. But this is less of a cover and more of a reimagining because they changed a bunch of the lyrics. Okay, so it was like a reboot of a song. Yes, like in the original song, they reference forgetting cranberries. And here mm -hmm. they change it to forgetting papers. I don't know if that means like newspapers or rolling papers. And I don't know why they would lose the greatest line from the original song, but they did. So it's a new take. You know that joy that you get when you're listening to the waitress's version? Mm -hmm. It's not replicated here at all. I understand <laughs> what you're saying, but the waitress's version, I love it. I love it more than anything. But I've heard it thousands of times. Like I can't say that I'm cranking up the volume in the car anymore. But you got these these Brits in there with their extra trumpets, and it's like it's like a whole new relationship. <laughs> it's a little deceiving because from what I was reading is that this is only Emma and Mel C. It wasn't even the full Spice Girl squad. So Emma is baby, and Mel C is sporty. Sport. Okay. So wow, you know, you would never guess that when you listen to it because it's so overproduced that it sounds like there's fucking fifty Spice Girls in there. <laughs> It's like every every word is reverb to the point where it like literally sounds like an army. <laughs> an army of Spice Girls. It's an army of Spice Girls. And that sounds like a dig, but it isn't because I love songs that do that. It's just hard to even come close to the original. I didn't think that this would go over less well than the Diddy Kong Racing song. But, you know, here we are. We're live, pal. <laughs> Number nine. That was no doubt with Oi to the World from a very special Christmas 3. Oh, wait a second. You mean it's from the old school, very special Christmas lineage? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, now that, that just raised it up a few notches because you know I'm a big fan of that album. 
So track five on this had me jumping around the living room like a maniac. Uh, it was originally a track by the Vandals and no doubt covered it because they were friends. And it got pretty big. Around 1997, they had a video for it and everything. Well, I mean, it's it's basically like right in their Tragic Kingdom era. So it's like anything they touched turned to gold. So, yeah, it was the right time for this song. Yes. And the lyrics tell a story about the punks and the skinheads who were always fighting. But on Christmas Day, they should come together and put their differences aside and hug it out. So it has a positive message. And it also has an Indiana Jones reference, which is awesome, too. That's kind of what the song's about. A lot of people, <laughs> they'll ask me, like, what is that even about? What is she saying? I would have been one of them, so I'm glad you cleared it up. I mean, I have to admit, the thing I admired most about the song is that you could listen to it 16 times and not realize that it's a Christmas song. <laughs> I always thought, like, well, maybe it is a Christmas song, maybe it's not. But yeah, obviously it's a play on Joy to the World, but they use... Oi, God, oi, oi, that just takes me back to high school. When you were out at all the punk clubs? Yeah, well, I mean, you, 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 wouldn't, you wouldn't think it, but I was back then. <laughs> I lost my way over the years, but yeah. I wasn't into the Spice Girls, but I was into Gwen Stefani, and she was like one of my all-time crushes. So, I like how you're talking little... about it like like it's not still a thing. Like, oh, she was <laughs> one of my... Like, Gwen Stefani's going to be on today's show for two seconds. You'll skip work. <laughs> <laughs> I heard she's going to do one of the bumpers. <laughs> so I was pretty hardcore, uh, and I got a chance to meet her in 2001. Mm -hmm. And Gwen said two words to me. And I almost died and went to heaven. Well, what were the words? Hey, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that made my life. <laughs> oh, boy. I could just picture you like, you know, you don't you don't crack smiles in pictures, but I'm sure you did that day. Oh, I just died and went to heaven. You yeah. know, it was just unbelievable. So, no, I love Oi to the World. It's just got that really fun kind of kick-ass vibe to it. And even though it's not directly Christmassy, they do say Christmas in the song, so I feel like it counts. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tenuous link, but I guess it gets a pass. I would say if I was going to pick a Gwen Stefani Christmas song, I might have gone with something else. But knowing the history with you and her and Oi, I don't blame you for going this route. It's on a very special Christmas stop. <laughs> <laughs> Number 10. That was one of the songs from the Glow Friends Save Christmas, the 1985 television special that somehow never quite achieved the status of Frosty or Rudolph. 
<laughs> the best. Oh, God. We have some things to discuss. We do. So, for those who don't remember, the Glow Friends were these cute little action figure versions of the old Glowworm dolls, and they ended up getting their own cartoon, which was basically like the Smurfs if the Smurfs lit up and were bugs. <laughs> yes. Did you watch this insanity today? Yes, and I remember watching it as a kid also because, believe it or not, I collected these things. I loved them. Wow, can I believe it? Jay collected something? Shit, that's a tough one. <laughs> but, I mean, they glowed in the dark. They no, were awesome. these figures were so cute. They were, like, perfect. Yeah. I still love the Glow Friends. Now, this special, um, the story involves this evil witch named Blanche who hates Christmas and decides to trap Santa and his reindeer in a prison made of icicles. To the shore! Turbulent water that swirls so nice. Show me your stuff and turn to ice. The evil witch is voiced by Sally Struthers. Santa Claus is voiced by Carol O'Connor. So they turned the fucking Glow Friends Christmas special into an all-the-family reunion. Yes, they did. <laughs> Which is like, that is the craziest thing. Personally, I don't think I would have been able to pick out that Sally Struthers was doing the witch's voice because she was doing a lot of creativity there in her voice work. See, I had the opposite problem because, well, I mean, I watched it. I went in knowing that it was Sally, but I didn't know that she voiced the witch. And practically every character aside from Santa and that moose sounded like sally struthers to me like every like yes. every glow friend that comes on like oh is that, that sally is sally doing that, every that, voice in the special that's what i thought <laughs> same thing meanwhile uh archie bunker over there like he is definitely not feeling it he's the most bored <laughs> santa ever and it's like the the worst because he has to sing songs and he's still just basically like i can't believe i'm in the booth doing a voice to the glow friend save christmas <laughs> <laughs> well then you also have lorenzo music who does the voice uh one of the voices in there and that's uh that's you know, peter vankman garfield yeah, yeah. yeah he was the moose i think who was like a, essentially the third top character it, it went santa witch moose and then all the glow yes. friends yeah so the whole special is like musical there's a song like every two minutes the one that i just played i went with that one because that's what you hear when the Glow Friends use their glowing body warmth to melt Santa's ice prison. I call that a glow up. <laughs> exactly. It was a total <laughs> glow up. So you got like, these 50 glow-in-the-dark bugs holding hands in a circle shouting this song at Santa Claus until his prison melts. Just pandemonium. I'm not kidding, though. It's actually pretty good. It's no, not, it's not it, bad. It's, I mean, it, it's, not, it's not bad at all. It's not Garfield and it's not Snoopy. But, I mean, on the other hand, Garfield and Snoopy aren't the glow friends either. So the animation's nice. The, the songs are weird. The song that they sing, like, in the beginning and also, I believe, at the end, that's a pretty signature song for the show. The one you picked is, like, what, like 4.2 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> Then, of course, the witch, she sings her own song, too. That's her real vampy moment where she gets to ham it up. Yes, and it's so. not its not a bad tune, I have to say. I'm like, that one, is, I think that one clocked in at a solid 12 seconds, so had that going for it, too. <laughs> then Santa Claus one. has his song where like him and the reindeer are singing together about how they hate being in jail together. 
<laughs> and how all the kids are going to be like thinking he's a dick for not getting their toys on Christmas. That's when he's got like the can and he's hitting it up against the bars, the ice bars. <laughs> and Matt with the chimes. Yeah. Hey, speaking of sound effects, there is a scene where the lightsaber sound effect is used like multiple times. You know, I, I can't say that I watched the Glow Friend Safe Christmas closely enough to notice that, no. So that was our Christmas songs list, Matt. We had whew, quite a quite a collection there. We butted heads on this one a little bit, a little bit more than usual. It's, I think our, our individual tastes are starting to come through a little heavier now that we're five volumes deep. I think so, but I also think yours are like stunt picks. Uh, I prefer to think of them as tentpole picks. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to run through these because wow all right so let me run through your picks and see if i can pick a favorite tonight you brought to the table the future heads with their christmas was better in the 80s song you did count d with the song about the witch christmas switch yes, yes. uh christopher lee singing jingle hell no doubts oi to the world Mm. Darlene loves All Alone on Christmas, and it's it's definitely between Darlene and Christopher Lee. Hmm. That's interesting. As much as I love Christopher Lee, I think I'd be picking that song just out of the love I have for him. So I'm going to go with Darlene Love. There you go. All Alone on Christmas. Uh, really, really wonderful song that even if you don't see the video, you just absolutely adore. But when you do see the video and you see this cavalcade of characters from Silvio to Macaulay Culkin to Darlene herself, I mean, it is just such a uplifting thing. What I like about it, too, is that it's sad, but it's also happy at the same time. Yes. Like iced tea lemonade. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So let me... Let me run through your picks. Um, Brian Adams, Something About Christmas Time, which I actually don't hate as much as you think I do. Uh, we have the California Raisins with their Rudolph rap. Mm -hmm. We have the Snowflake Mountain theme song from Diddy Kong. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way we became. <laughs> the Diddy Bunch. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and then we have uh, the Spice Girls with Christmas rapping. You have any other negative things you want to add about that Spice Girls song while we're on the subject? Do you want to actually? Do you want to include some like uh, sound ups here? Some wah wah sound ups? I would rather the teacher from the Peanuts sing the Christmas rapping to the Spice Girls. <laughs> Uh, 
Uh, and then finally, uh, the Glow Friends Save Christmas, the one song where the ice jail melts into oblivion hmm. to free Santa Claus yeah. and the reindeer. Yeah. Wow. So that, I'll tell you, man, that's that's quite a list and clear winner here. And that's the Glow Friends Save Christmas. Oh, it's wow. Just, You're uh, going to give it to the Glow Friends. I had a great time watching it because it brought me back because I hadn't watched it since I was a kid. But I used to have it on VHS that I taped from TV. So it it brought back a lot of memories. Yeah. Wow. So the Glow Friends up there with Darlene Love. That is a sight. One last thing about the Glow Friends Save Christmas. The witch, Blanche, she has like this fur thing around her neck and it comes alive and it's like her pet. And it totally reminded me of Ghostbusters 2. When the woman's fur coat comes alive. I love how I you made a that. mental note to not let the show end without bringing up the coat of uh, Blanche the Witch from the Glow Friends Save Christmas. Talk about an effective villain. You know, in most holiday specials, when you have a villain against Santa, it takes them a good 20 minutes to get to the point where they've done something to him. Blanche has this fucker in an ice cave <laughs> in like, like by minute three. Yes. He spends the entirety of the special locked up. <laughs> well, that you're you're exactly right because when you're watching, like, now I don't remember what happens in this. Oh, Santa's in a, in a nice jail. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, it was a special joint in progress. Like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> it's like, what's that movie with um, with Tim Robbins uh, and and they're in jail? Yeah, it's Shawshank. It's it's the Glow Friends yeah, Redemption, right? Yeah, it's your check redemption, but glow friends. Yes. Oh, man. So on that note. Yeah, on that note, this has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. We want to thank everybody for listening. Man, it's just been such a blast. Yes, and we hope you enjoy what's left of your holiday season. And we want you to check out our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash purple stuff. Got a bonus show coming up there pretty soon. So you can look forward to that if you are supporting us on Patreon. And thanks for listening. This has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I'm Jay from the Sexy Armpit. I'm Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time. Listening to the Purple Stuff Podcast.